I do want to preach some more tonight on the subject of worship. I would not give you a definition because if you have never worshipped, all the definitions in the world would not help you. But if you have worshipped, certainly you don't need a definition. But have you ever been honored to be in the presence of an individual when God called them into worship? You were able to sense what God was doing in their heart. What a blessing it was. It may have been that they were laying on a sickbed. It may have been just in casual talking to them in the home or on the job. It may have been while the preacher was preaching or someone was singing. But you realize that that mysterious thing took place. They moved from the realm of formality into the realm of worship. And now they were in the presence of God. And you were able to enjoy what was happening in their heart and in their life. It makes it so unique and so special. We find such a character tonight that I want to look at. The one verse, verse 21, Jacob. We find that moment in his life of which his children were privileged to experience and see worship take place. The Bible said, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I marvel at that. It causes a wonder in my heart as I look at this old man, now 147 years old, and it seems as though that he just breaks spontaneously into worship. I want to take that text and I want to preach for a few moments on this subject tonight, what I call the branded experience of worship. When I use the word branded, of course, I mean to be stamped, to be marked, to be identified, even to be different. It would be like the old cattle rancher of the West as they would take their cattle and they would sear them with a branding iron to be identified with them. They were branded. I don't believe in all the scripture that you would find anybody that worshiped. Just like Jacob is worshiping here. It is uniquely Jacob. And I really believe this is the truth of what God does for all of his children. Though we do worship collectively together tonight, really we all worship individually. None of us are the same. And honey, if you're trying to worship like somebody else, you're going to mess your worship up. God has given you a distinctively personalized worship. All your own, and no one else will ever be able to worship just like you worship. Jacob worshiped, the Bible said, and while he's worshiping, he's leaning upon a staff. It is a little different. 
I want to point out to you three or four things concerning what I call the branded, the individual experience of worship that we have with God, how blessed it is. The first thing that I would note is the Bible said it was by faith. And of course, this faith is connected to his worship. Jacob's worship was not something that he was born with. It was not something that was instilled into him humanly speaking. It was not a formality of counting beads or doing a rosary or bowing or chanting or going through the Sunday morning routine. But Jacob was worshiping because God had given him the divine ability to worship. Worship is not of man. It cannot be taught in Sunday school nor educated in a seminary. But it is born in you at the beginning by the Spirit of God. 32 years, 33 years ago, never had I bowed my head nor heart to the God of heaven. Walking down a little alley, the Holy Ghost called me, even in conviction, into a worship experience. And for the first time, I worshiped the one, the God of heaven. How divine. And I have never gone over that. He has never left me. And it has always been my continual desire to worship him. Even as David said, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. God has given you something that is called worship. He has placed it within you. And it will respond only to God. Much is said of entertainment. And we all do a little bit of that, I guess. <laughs> Much is said of formality. But I'm here to say to you, yes, the human spirit will respond to entertainment. It will respond to formality, but worship will only respond to God. There's a special thing that God gave. Esau didn't have it. Esau never got it. He never did worship God. But Jacob did. Jacob did. He worshipped God. It was a divine brand of worship that he had. <laughs> I'm not so interested tonight whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian. I'm just interested, has God Almighty breathed upon your soul? Or are you interested in worshiping him? Do you have that divine brand? Or are you more interested in the title, the denomination? I like to be around folks that worship, don't you? God allows to worship in a divine way. But not only is it a divine brand given by God, I can't call you into worship. I can't lead you into worship. I can't even cultivate worship in you, in my preaching or in our singing. God must give you of his spirit to worship. <laughs> but if he has given you of his spirit to worship, I won't have to move you. I won't have to cultivate you. I won't have to pay you. You will worship. It is a divine thing that God gives. Jacob's worship is of a divine brand. <laughs> That's enough for me, isn't it, you? But not only is his worship of a divine brand, but I notice that Jacob's worship is of a distinctive 
brand. I would challenge you to search all of the Bible and show me anybody that worships just like we find Jacob worshiping here. Or in all of your experience of all the people that you've ever been around when they've worshipped. I don't know of one that I've ever met that even seemed to come close to how Jacob worships here. Jacob worships like no one else worships because that's the way God wants him to worship. The golden thing about worship tonight is you can worship for yourself and in yourself you can worship God, but you can't worship for me and you can't worship like me. And your worship won't satisfy me. But I must worship myself individually, distinctively. Me and the wife, we've got four children <laughs> and no more. And uh, it's amazing how that all your children, no matter how many you have, they all have different personalities. And if you're going to have any kind of a relationship with your children, whether you have two, three, or four, or five, you're going to have to relate to them individually according to who they are. My oldest daughter, she was always independent. And from the time that she was able to do so, not long after her birth, when you would take her and try to hold her to you like you normally would a child, she would squirm until she was able to muscle herself uh, around and face the outside. She never has like cuddling. She never, it smothers her to death. But yet I know that she loves me. And she knows that I love her, but I know that I don't go up to her and grab her and force her into me. It's just not going to work. But I can look her in her eyes and say, Joanna, I love you. And she'll look at me and say, Daddy, I love you. And I realize that we're responding the way we ought to. Amen. But I've got another daughter that she can't cuddle enough. She comes home now at 23 years old and says, Daddy, let's sit down in the rocker. I want you to rock me again. <laughs> Well, that's all right. I don't force her back and say to her, no, now, Lydia, I'll just, you know, just tell me you love me and I'll tell you I love you. No, no, no. It's the flavor that is so rich that they are two individuals that we, we respond to each other this way. Amen. The glories of worship is, is, is I come to God as I am and he responds to me individually. And I want to tell you, God Almighty, he desires my worship from my heart. Though it may not be like anyone else's here, and certainly it's not. It is of a distinctive brand because it is my worship that God has given me to worship Him. I'm afraid so many times we try to put everybody in a mold when it comes to worship. And I face this as I preach. I go into some churches that are real quiet. I've been in churches that, that you could hear a pin drop, but I have worshiped. I've been in churches that you couldn't hear a cannon go off. But I've worshipped. Individuals as churches are that way as we worship God. I remember a preacher preaching about how he was out in Texas and he was the main speaker in a big conference. 
And he said during the singing that there was another preacher beside him that began to dance and do a holy dance on that big platform. And he said as he began to do that holy dance, as that other preacher did, he said, he said it offended me. And in my mind I thought, I, the audacity of this guy. Here I am, the main speaker, and, and he's doing this holy dance all around me. He said he barely formed the thought until the Lord spoke and said, Curtis, he said, yes, Lord. He said, I want you to dance. <laughs> he said, oh, God, there's a bunch of people out there that dance better than me. Get them to dance. Amen. He said, Curtis, if you don't dance, you don't preach. <laughs> so he said, I just cut loose to doing a dance. Never had danced before, but I've done some dance. And after that, he said, I never did try to tell anybody else how to worship. He said, if you can worship God and get a hold of them standing on your head, that's your business. That's all right. One fellow back in the church where I was saved as a young Christian, his wife was cleaning the house, and she went to open the closet door, and Brother Ron, he was in there all just doubled up in a small closet, and she said, what are you doing? <laughs> He just started reading his Bible and he came across that verse that said, enter into your closets and pray. And he said, I'm doing what the Bible said. I'm praying in my closet. She just closed the door and went on. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's not where you worship. It's not so much how you worship. It is that God has given you individually that spirit. He has given you individually that flavor and that ability to worship him like no one else can. And the Bible said, as no one else did, that Jacob worshiped God leaning on a stand. <laughs> How do you worship him? Jacob has a divine brand of worship. He has a distinctive brand of worship all of his own. I'm glad I've got mine, aren't you? But I noticed that Jacob's worship, not only was it divine, of a divine brand, of a distinctive brand, but I noticed that Jacob's worship was what I call of a digestive brand. Look at the verse there, verse 21. It seems as though that you really can't separate the worship that Jacob does from all the other things in his life. The Bible said, by faith, Joseph, uh, or verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Now, you can't separate that worship from all of those other things that it said previously. You have to know that he worshipped by faith, didn't he? Amen. <laughs> right. You have to know that it was when he was a dying, the scripture said, that he worshipped. And you have to know that it was when he was blessing both the sons of Joseph that he worshipped. You couldn't separate Jacob from his worship. It was as though it had metabolized throughout his whole system. I guess we could say that Jacob worshipped, but not only did Jacob worship, but worship became Jacob. They were one and the same. You know, I'm... Uh, a little leery of folks that can turn their worship on and then turn it off. They can pick the point in time of which they're going to worship. <laughs> they're going to worship Sunday morning, or maybe they might worship Sunday night. Or they're going to awfully religious when the preacher comes around. <laughs> 
But I'm here to tell you, real genuine worship cannot be operated by you. The real genuine worship is that which, which operates you instead. It'll take over in the least expected time. <laughs> Jacob is about to die leaning on a staff and all of a sudden his heart reaches up toward heaven. And he says, boys, you'll have to hold on just a minute. I feel a tug coming over there. I believe I will worship a little bit right here. Worship took Jacob over while he's a dying by faith. He worships God. I remember going to a certain college, a huge college, and they had a service there, had a good preacher coming in. As a young fellow, I wanted to go, so I went. And it was known they didn't allow any kind, not even amen, they didn't allow any kind of emotion. Some of you grinning, you know what I'm talking about. But the preaching was grinning. And I went in and sat down that night, and the old preacher called out and began to preach and began to magnify the Lord. And honest, I was not conscious of where I was. It's as if I moved out of that place, and my heart was taken to heaven. And I, and I, I began to say, Amen, and praise the Lord, and thank God that's good preaching. The guy sitting beside the punch and said, If you don't hush, they're going to carry us out of here. But I'm here to tell you, I got the couldn't help it. It just took me over. You might be riding down the road somewhere. I mean, Jacob's leaning on the staff at his deathbed bedtime and period, and he worships God. You might be riding down the road, and God move in on you. You ever done that? <laughs> you talk about a, a, a reckless driver. I was driving down the road one day in a little old Volkswagen. God come in that thing, and I was appraising him just as a young Christian, and uh, I don't know how far it went, but... I come to myself, and there's a guy driving a tractor and trailer from in front of me, pulled over on the side there, and was waving me on. <laughs> he just knew I was stoned out. And I guess I was, as far as this world was concerned. I just had a call to worship. And when worship calls, you can't help but worship. You might find yourself worshiping down there on the job. Are you operating that machine? Mamas, you might find yourself worshiping in that house while you're vacuuming that carpet. That's the glorious thing about worship. You just never know when and where it's going to show up. But when it does, it's going to dominate. <laughs> when Wayne was talking about the service the other Sunday morning, that's the glorious thing about worshiping God, coming to get. I often have... Folks ask me, they say, well, how are you going to preach tonight? You're going to have any fire about Brother Ron's bad about it. You're going to have any anointing on you? <laughs> but I know what, he's one of them gospel hogs. I mean, he wants a good time every time he comes. Well, I do too, but if you've done any preaching at all, you know there are times when God will come in and thunder in your soul and you begin to worship and you just lose sight of everything and he becomes so real. And so big. And when he does, you can do. I'm a good preacher when that happens. But honey, I've been in a few places, Brother Marty, when he didn't show up. I've been in a lot of them. <laughs> but you see, he's sovereign when it comes to the call to worship. I can't pick and choose where I'm going to worship. He calls me in. Oh, I can go through the formalities and prepare myself, but honey, he's the one that's got to call us in to that thing. 
Isn't it amazing you'll come to the house of God? There have been so many times when I felt so unprepared. I couldn't see any reason why God would even budge, let alone move. And go into the house of God and seem as though it's sweep all over the congregation. Then there have been times in my study that I felt God move on my heart while I was studying the Word of God and I thought, boy, this Sunday's going to be it. I just can't wait. I'm going to bust behind that pulpit and it'd be deader than four o'clock. And the Lord would say, son, I'm in charge of that. Now you can go ahead and entertain if you want to, but I'm in charge of worship. And I like, I like that, don't you? I'm here to tell you it is of a digestive brand. God put worship in you that will take you over. That you cannot dictate, but it dictates your life because it saturates your very being. A branded experience of worship. But then can I say to you concerning Jacob's worship, I believe also that it was of a developed brand. I mean by that, if you know anything about Jacob's life, he didn't always worship this way. Back when he left for Mesopotamia that night and saw the angel ascending and descending, he built an altar there and he bowed just like everybody else bowed, Abraham and Isaac. But you see, during the course of time, God so worked in his heart and in his life and so developed him until he brought him to a place that there was only one way that he could worship, and this was it. Jacob's not standing worshiping, leaning on this staff because he wants to be different. He's not doing it because he wants to be recognized. He's doing it because there's no other way he can't worship. God Almighty smote his hip on that. And he can't get down like you can get down. He can't bow like you can bow. But he can worship leaning on a staff. You see, I'm of the opinion that when God saves you and he saves me, he puts a jug in us. And that jug's called worship. He fills that jug with the Holy Ghost. And then he begins to put in all my experiences like he did Jacob's for all those many years. And then he comes along every now and then and he shakes our jug. And when he shakes our jug, the flavor and the aroma of all those experiences of the Holy Ghost begin to fill the atmosphere. And everybody begins to smell the aroma of worship. Somebody says, where did that come from? One of the saints just had his jug shut. <laughs> That's what happens in an old-fashioned worship. That's what happened to Jacob right here. God has developed him with all of his experiences, put it in the jug in his heart. And right here, he came down and shook his jug. And he said, I think I'll worship a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? The preacher gets up to preach, the singer gets up to sing, somebody gets up to pray a prayer, somebody gets up to testify. They just trying to do what they're supposed to do during that time. And God comes along, and in the experiences of their own brand of worship, with all the things that they have went through, God shakes them. And you begin to smell something and sense something that you've never sensed before, because that's their brand, and God has their own little judge. But ain't it wonderful when God shakes the jug of a saint? Boy, you sense his presence. 
I've seen it happen so many times and you have too. I love for him to shake my jug. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I like it just about as good if I can get by some other thing and God shake their jug. It seems as though that everybody's able to enter in to that experience, that branded, because you see, Jacob, nobody else wrestled with an angel all night. No one else had been smitten by God and the hip broken. No one else had to flee the Mesopotamia like he did. No one else went through the experiences with Esau like he did. No one else hungered for the blessing like he did. These were all personal experiences that he went through that made up his judge of worship. When God shook it, it was just a little different from anybody else. Oh, listen, my background, the way I was raised, the things that I came through, and the journey that God has brought me has filled my jug with things that none of you have. And it's the same thing with your life. No matter what your background, no matter what your experiences, God has developed you. He has brought you along. And he's put things in your life that nobody else has because you're his own little favor. And when he shakes your jug, he's seeking those experiences that nobody else has had. <laughs> and Jacob's leaning on the staff. And God is shaking his jug. and flavor that nobody else has had. And don't you like to see that I love to stand around and look at somebody now when they begin to talk and God begin to ooze in their soul and you can just sense that jug just shaking a little bit. You begin, and as that jug shakes, you're beginning, to, you're beginning to be able to appreciate, though you don't know in detail what they went through, you're beginning to appreciate what God has done in their life. That's different. It'll be different every time. The good thing about it being evangelist is going across the country, watching God shake all the judge of different people going through different experiences and say, worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, I don't know about you, but I think I would have been in wonder and in amazement if I'd have been there not knowing who Jacob was just on a Sunday morning seen him lean over in the corner on the staff while everybody else is seated and all of a sudden God shakes his jug and all the pain and heartache and all the suffering and all the things he'd ever went through God shakes it and I'm in wonder at it who is this old man what has he went through I don't know but I want to get in there <laughs> I'd like to shake his hand and hug his neck. And if you could do a little jig with him, I believe the old man's got something. <laughs> it won't be like anybody else. But it'll be yours. God will develop your worship. He'll develop that worship to get it to the place of which he wants it to be. It'll be so special. And it'll be so precious. But you know, lastly, I think that Jacob has, no doubt, a definite brand of worship. No doubt to me what he's doing here. I mean, I can feel it just reading the text. He's got a worship that it seems as though that nothing of this world can stop now. 
He has been through many experiences. Now he spent 30 years in the land of Egypt, all the pagan gods and things down there. <laughs> He's gotten down to the end, 147 years old. <laughs> Got the boys gathered around him there, doing a little blessing. Now I don't know about you, but if I if I had a hip out of joint kind of like he did and had to lean as much as he did. After I got my duties done that I thought I was going to have to do, I believe I'd have just said, now boys, if, if you don't mind, Grandpa's hurting a little bit and tired, uh, just go out and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay back here in the bed and I'm fixing to check out. <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> He's leaning on that staff and it's as if he said, boys, I'll probably be leaving here in an hour or two, but I think I've got time for one more worship experience before I get out of here. <laughs> I think I want to worship him one more time. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, nothing of this world can destroy what God had put in his soul. I believe when God saves you and puts that worship in you, you worship him at nine, and you'll worship him at nine. My wife's grandfather is an old mountain preacher, pioneered across those mountains for many years, started on horseback. And I remember going to visit him one morning. Will Cook was his name, preached all over the mountains. And he was uh, standing out in the yard. He always wore a suit all the way up to the time he died, ready to pray. And I remember standing up talking to him, and he looked at me, and he said, Son, it's been years since he'd been able to preach because of a car accident. He took his hand and rubbed it on his chest like that, like he had many times, and he said, I woke up this morning with a text burning on my heart. <laughs> 96 years old! You say, preacher, what was it? God shook his job that morning at 96! And though he couldn't hardly get it real, honey, he still had worship in him! And begins to worship as only Jacob could worship. That's a brand. Children, you're special tonight. Don't let nobody else force you in their little system. Don't let anybody else try to tell you you have to do this or that. But this is the only way to worship. I pastored two ladies, especially that I think of right now, in closing. And, uh, well, one of them I didn't pastor out. She was a member of the church where I say, Sister Gray was her name. Well, she'd shout at the drop of a hat. <laughs> a long time wore that in the bun. I got to experience that. Boy, I'd go by her house and talk to her. I loved that flavor, Miss Gray. Boy, she'd shout. She loved God. I enjoyed that. But I also passed it in later years, an elderly lady by Sister Betsy, the name of Sister Betsy Burleson. I never heard her speak a word in church. But she had more influence on my life than any preacher, any individual that I ever met. 
She just worshiped this one. And I love to be in her presence every night. You got your own brand of worship? God give it to you. Let's stand.